Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode number 109. And today we are talking about customer feedback and customer complaints. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Development Institute podcast, where we serve up truth so that you can build the profitable, sustainable food business you've always dreamed of. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele. It is time for the podcast. Welcome, my friends, to episode 109. We've got a lot of really good stuff on uh, for the podcast today. I just actually just have a really epically amazing coaching call with one of my coaches and I'm like so super inspired by what we do around here that I actually decided I'm going to do this podcast and talk about like why I do what I do. (laughs) You know, people are like, you serve whom? Who's your target audience and stuff like that? Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, my target audience is food manufacturers, right? And I help food manufacturers freak out less over their HACCP planning um, and like conform with government regulations and market expectations so that they can sell their food, right? Now, I have to tell you, I am a certified coach. I'm certified to teach HACCP and preventive controls. And I like, I'm a veterinarian. And I came to all of this work for really actually a very simple reason. And it's because I deeply and passionately believe in what gets me out of bed in the morning and the power of small businesses to solve the problems that we have in rural and marginalized economies. Okay, so much of food production occurs in rural and marginalized economies. And what does it look like to take our government mandated food safety planning requirements and use them to tell a completely different story of who we are and what we're doing in the world. And that's the work that we do, right? That's why I get out of bed in the morning. It's because I so deeply and powerfully believe that all of you all out there can not like like change that story of victimhood from the government or victimhood from like that super big client that they're your 99% of your um your revenue 99% of your orders right what if the way to completely break through all of that is by doing your HACCP and preventive controls planning by putting in SOPs Like, they're literally documents that you can use to rewrite, literally rewrite, your story. And that's what we do around here. Okay? And it's amazing. It is life-changing work. It is life-changing for my clients. You know, I mean, I was talking with a client this week, and, and they're, like, freaking out over production because we're all about to go into the high season, right? And they're like, I was like, just take a minute and just, like, Think of where you were when you signed up with me and you have quintupled your production in a matter of months. Quintupled. Like, who does that? Uh, Nobody. (laughs) It's amazing. And we often lose sight of the fact of how much progress we're making um, and how, how much we are changing and our businesses are changing and growing because we, like develop at this like breakneck pace 
and I get it, and we're here to, like, meet the market demand, which just keeps going up and up and up and up. Uh. But one of the gifts that you can give yourself while listening to this podcast is taking a deep breath and, and, and deciding that the end goal is not just a really awesome HACCP plan or really awesome SOPs. You definitely need those. But the end goal is the story where you're really in charge, where you can handle anything. Like that's the theme of the week for me, right? Is you can handle anything. And today's podcast where we're talking about um, customer feedback, customer complaints and that sort of thing is 100% about that, right? Now, of course, I have Food Safety University where I teach you all of this really, really good stuff. <laughs> I teach you to handle anything and I'm here for you so that you know that you can handle anything. But that's what this podcast is really about, is giving you the tools so that you can know deep in your own heart that all of this stuff is doable and all of this stuff is possible. And we are here and we are doing it. So some days more than others, it's harder to get up. You know, it's dark in the morning. It's dark when we go home. But we're here and we're doing it and we're serving our customers and that's amazing. So how does that bring us to today's podcast? Well, you know, one of the things that we do in Food Safety University is, is we give you all of these SOPs and we have risk-based policies and we have um, spreadsheets about doing 90-day validations on, on, on your SOPs and on your HACCP plans and all that sort of stuff, right? <clears throat> and I write all of the documentation for you because it's really a lot faster that way. <laughs> and, and the time investment is so much shorter, right? And of course, the, what people don't know is, is that like every, all of the work that we do in Food Safety University, I do in some way on the podcast. And so if you listen to the podcast and write your own documentation based on what I say, you can get a complete and total food safety system. And I have had people do that. Um, and I think that's awesome. And then they just like come to me for certification classes, which I love, which is amazing. And, and then I serve them in that way. But if, if you're like kind of overwhelmed by the thought of writing all of this documentation, please just go to foodsafetyuniversity.com and sign up because it is the easiest and fastest way to get there. And when you do figure out that your customers are communicating with you, which by the way, they are always communicating with you, <laughs> um, you'll know what to do and you'll have your you'll have your 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 standard operating procedures but you'll have the your self-concept that you can handle this because that's what we teach you to do we're afraid when feedback comes at us because of how we feel about it right and so let me tell you a couple of true stories of my clients it's one client who had an fda inspector walk into their cheese facility and say let me see your customer complaint log. Completely, totally out of the blue visit. Turns out they were following up on high levels of E. coli. Okay. I want you to ask yourself in that story, who is the customer? FDA walks into a cheese facility. Who is the customer? Okay. An employee comes into your office and says she can't work next to Jay because he's constantly got his hand on her ass. 
Who's the customer there? Someone who bought your product posts a rave review on social media, and then somebody comments how they don't think you source your raw materials where you say that you source your raw materials. Who's the customer there? All of these stories, my friends, have customers. So who are they and what makes them customers? And how do you decide who's your customer? Right? Because deciding who your customer is the very first step in customer service, guys. <laughs> and you get to decide. Um, now, traditionally, we think the decision is made for us because we define our customer as the person who buys our products. Um, I'm here to tell you that you have a significantly, if you couldn't tell from the above examples, broader customer set um, than the people who trade money for goods with you okay your customer is anybody you decide to serve there are times when i consider my kids my customer right i did some process flow diagramming this morning around um our our food facility systems and how information is flowing and i did that process flow diagram deciding that my manufacturing partner is my customer and it is my job and I take a hundred percent responsibility for delivering superior customer service to them because I decided they're my customer no matter how the money changes hands right <clears throat> why would anybody look at the world this way well for me it's because defining myself as being in service to these folks whoever they are is one of the ways I define my leadership. Uh, service to others is one of the three pillars of my leadership. Um, and I get calls from clients who say, ah, I'm freaking out, Dr. P. Somebody said this on social. Somebody, you know, like gave me a bad review. Somebody, you know, somebody, you know, we have bad things going on in the office. Um, and they say, Dr. P, I had a customer complain about, like, insert anything here, and I don't know what to do. <clears throat> so I have that six-step process that we've been talking about that I walk you through. And <clears throat> I'm going to walk you through one today. But I want to tell you that there is a step zero. And that step zero is take a deep breath. <sighs> okay. Take a deep breath. I was just on this like super big call and I wrote up just like I used to do in when I was taking tests in grad school. Breathe. Because I get into this like set of, you know, you know, like my brain just races. And if I remember to breathe, right, <laughs> it all calms down. All right. And you're going to when when in when like. Feedback is coming at you from somebody who you have decided to serve. I want you to take a deep breath. Um, and I want you to inhale it all the way down to your toes. Um, because the reason you're freaking out about how people are talking to you is, like, actually really super simple. Uh, you are only afraid of one thing. You are afraid that you can't handle what they are saying. Uh, now, 
I'm not going to go all, you know, like Jack Nicholson on you and start screaming like he did in in um, the in the movie with Tom Cruise and uh, Demi Moore because we don't like ill we don't scream <laughs> and two he was wrong when he when when that character said you can't handle the truth that was wrong how do i know this because the list of what you can handle if you're listening to this podcast is long it is breathtaking in its scope it is full of things that you have accomplished and I want you to do yourself a favor, if you're not driving, I want you to pause this podcast or come back to it at a later date. And I want you to write out your list of accomplishments. I want you to write at least 30 things over the course of your lifetime that you've accomplished this. Now, it's election week. I wrote this podcast out on election day. And frankly, living through the past four years seems like a pretty big accomplishment. Some days, waking up kind of deserves a pat on the back. <laughs> okay? And not just because of the election, but because of, I mean, you know, like I'm a working mother of three that moved this year that, you know, I have a husband, I have a business I have kids, I have pets, I have, like, all the things, right? I have a life. I'm a human being having a human experience. And sometimes just waking up, we got to pat ourselves on the back for that. Okay. Now, given everything that you have accomplished, so you wrote out your 30 things, um, I want you to think about the feedback that you are currently receiving. Like, whatever's freaking you out about feedback right now, or the last time that you got feedback. And I know it can feel terrible when somebody is like coming at you, feels like a freight train, even if it's on social media and you can literally put the phone down, it still feels like a freight train, right? Because there's a process for fixing that and that's a process of like changing the story, right? So the first thing we do, remember, step zero is to breathe. So breathe all the way down to your toes. Um, read through your list of 30 things. Okay, so, so far we've got, you wrote your list of 30 things. Um, you're breathing. Okay, and then life happens and you get feedback. <laughs> okay. Life happens and you get feedback and you feel awful. So I want you to breathe again. And then go look at your list of 30 things that you wrote out, okay? And then in third person, and there are good scientific reasons for doing this, in third person, tell yourself out loud, Michelle, insert your name here, look at all of the things you have handled. Michelle, Look at all the things you've accomplished. Oh. Michelle, this is a really impressive list. Oh. Just those three sentences. Put your name in. I said to me because it just, you can, like, you may be able to feel the energy about how that calms me down, right? Mm. The, these three affirmations do a couple of things. One, when you get over the weirdness of them and say them, they feel really good, right? I feel really good having just said that. 
next, saying it in the third person takes you out of your own head. And there really is research that shows that giving yourself a pep talk is dramatically more powerful if you say it in the third person. Like, it occurs in a different section of your brain than if you just say, I, 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 I. Um, and you know this because when you're trash talking yourself, you rarely use the word I. You use your first name or you use you. Okay, I have, I have done a informal poll, I'm not going to lie, of people and ask them when they're talking to themselves and they're trash talking to themselves, are they talking in second or third person? And when they're giving themselves affirmations, I have a lot of friends who do affirmations, right? Do they do it in first person? And the answer is, is I do my affirmations in first person. I'm so grateful. I'm so happy I got a DVM, uh, right? But they trash talk themselves, Michelle, you should have, is, I mean, that is the information superhighway because our brain knows that the information is more powerful when it comes in second or third person. Language is powerful. We are a storytelling species and how you tell that story and whether you use first, second or third person makes a really big difference. One of the reasons that customer feedback is so um it, it like comes at us um and and terrifies us is because customer feedback is always in second or third person you have done this or michelle you you know like michelle this went wrong okay so when you recognize that you can in fact talk to yourself in third person <laughs> and it makes the whole process way easier then we're going to go through the six-step six process that we talk about to figure out what to do about customer feedback. And the steps are always the same. Okay. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to form your team. If you've got external customer feedback, marketing may have to be involved. Sales may have to be involved. Sometimes it's operations. Maybe it's finance. Your logistics folks, not out of the question. Okay, form your team for the, for the people who are going to need to be in the room where it happens. Um, then figure out what the problem is. Uh, okay, how you define your, inf your, your, your issue is a pretty key piece of how you're going to solve this problem, right? And define what the problem is because sometimes the problem can be defined as customer said words, you know, and this happens on social media a lot. Customer said words, and you don't have to make those words mean anything. <laughs> you really don't, okay? And I, that's often what I coach on social media. And then when you decide those words don't mean anything, it doesn't mean you're not going to respond. It means you just respond from a much bigger place of power, right? And then you got to decide for whom you are solving the problem. And this actually brings us back to the question of who is your customer? As a team, ask yourselves, who's going to benefit the most from us doing this? How can we have more people benefit from our efforts? I mean, we're writing out you know, process flow diagrams. We're doing social media posts, whatever it is that you're doing. How can the most people get the most effort? Who are you going to be in the most service to? Um, okay. Are there bigger and better ways to be in service? Um, step four is you're going to decide on what you're going to do. You're not going to do it yet. You're going to decide on what you're going to do and then stop deciding. 
Okay. This is going to require getting out of fact-finding mode. Okay, there is researching and there is decision-making. Yes, we have to research. I mean, dude, we work in food manufacturing, right? There's things we have to know. <laughs> okay. Um, but when you decide to get out of food, out of, out of researching mode and into decision-making mode, you will move much, 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 much faster. Okay. Decide something and do it. And that is the best course of action. Okay, so of course that's step number five, which is actually implementing and getting out there and doing. But make the decision first and stop deciding. Then just go get the work done. Just go get it done. Okay, I promise you can do it. Now, I want you to look back and reflect as step six, we always do the after action process. Like I'm leaning forward, it's so important, right? What worked, what didn't work, and what are you going to do differently next time? Okay, how can you take what didn't work and catalyze it, use it as a springboard for doing something differently? Then go do that. You know, I, I refer to this at work as, you know, having new and interesting ways to fail. Because you may not get it right, but at least you didn't get it wrong in the same way. And you're going to learn something. All right? So that's the six-step process for not freaking out, um, okay? Or at least knowing that you can handle it, even if there is a freak out. Because often when we're freaking out, it just builds evidence that something's going really, really wrong, and we don't have to do that, okay? Resolving a customer feedback issue can get super, super intense, especially if a recall is involved. But when it goes, it gets really, really hairy, okay? When you are having the human experience of other people talking at you or writing at social media at you, go back to those three sentences. <clears throat> Say them out loud in third person and know that you can handle a lot of stuff. And then I want you to go out and handle it. You are all super amazing people. You want more of this goodness? Come check out foodsafetyuniversity.com. I love you all. And I'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Be sure to join us in the Proofing Box, a private Facebook page for food producers filled with valuable information and technical tips. Grow your business by learning from people just like you, all under the guidance of a food safety expert.